Now, it's the Columbia Check-In with Lieutenant Governor Pamela Evett on the Liz Callaway Show with Nick Summers on Talk 94.5. What? So difficult being me. Lieutenant Governor Pamela Evett, thanks for joining us. Nobody ever thinks about me. I'm I'm still hurt and speechless that Nick, who I always fight for, just leaves me hanging. Just left me hanging like that. You left her flapping Nick, in the wind. I, I'm wounded. I just want to let you know I'm a little wounded this morning. Hold on. And I was... I'm in politics. Do you know how hard that is to ruin that kind of person? Lieutenant Governor, uh, uh, please, with all due respect. I had a burrito in my hands. He can't resist. He can't resist it. He, he it's, it's like he has to take a bite at any moment. I took a bite. I didn't think she was going to go to you that first. I mean, we all know Liz is a windbag. I thought I had a couple of seconds before I had to hit the button. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh no, that. you didn't. Oh, oh no, oh, you no, didn't. Really? Your feelings, no, your feelings are not hurt. Trust me. You know why? Because you I know I'm right. I don't have feelings. No, I never said that. <laughs> I found one once. All right. Can we talk? some business here. First of all, okay. Governor Pamela Evett, I am so mad with you because you didn't tell us the governor was coming to see us in Myrtle Beach. Um, you know, after I got off the phone with you, I got an alert on my phone that was like, the governor is going to be in Myrtle Beach uh, at 1.30 this afternoon or 11 a.m. I think it was. Uh, and know, he- last week. I know. You know what? I guess I just always assume you guys are so up on everything. No, we're not. <laughs> we depend on yeah, I, you. So, well, okay. I, I I will put that in my memory bank. That when he's flying into Myrtle Beach, I'm going to let y'all know. Yes. I'm, what, what does everybody think about the fact that Biden is in South Carolina? I think going they just to told Kilo him. Island? No, they told him that he was going to be in Hawaii. He doesn't know. Yeah, he doesn't he know. know where he, it is more beautiful than Hawaii, I must say. It is. I'm just saying. It is. And you know what? I was so mad that Hunter Biden went on Air Force One. Like, he's under criminal investigation. Well, what? That, that's what came out yesterday, which is which is shocking. But let's, let's talk about something I'm sure everybody is just still reeling from, mm-hmm. is the fact that, you know, President Trump's house in Mar-a-Lago was raided. Oh, it, you, it you, you can't say raided. You you have to say they were executing a search warrant. It, well, that's right, because we have all kinds of new new dictionaries, <laughs> yes. depending on who you are. But, exactly. Uh, I'm always about, let's just say it like it was, right? Mm-hmm. He, his house was raided in the middle of the night. Um, I, I don't, if they're looking for papers and documents, don't have any idea why they were looking at Melania's clothes. I'm not, I'm not quite sure of that, but. You know, it just shows the hypocrisy, not like we needed to see it, Mm -hmm. people on the right, because we've been feeling it for years and years. But it really, what shocked me is that people on the left kind of are stepping out going, "Uh, hey, wait a minute, this was really wrong. So it seems pretty bad that they may have now opened the eyes at least a bit Mm -hmm. (laughs) of the left to go. You know, and I don't know if it's self-survival that they're thinking November is going to be really a massacre for us. Mm -hmm. And we are setting a precedent. Why, Liz, you and I talk about this all the time, setting precedent. Like, we never want to set a precedent that will now, at some time, when power shifts, Mm -hmm. they use against us. And that's exactly what you're seeing here. They are so confident that they will always have the system fixed, that they will always be in power. 
Because if you have a deep state working, um, you know, we've heard Trump talk about uh, Schedule F. And this is this new category of federal workers that will help root out all the existing deep state. You know, and and I used to think it was a conspiracy theory, but these things are proving that there is a deep state. Now, there are some people that are hopping mad and saying, we told you the FBI has been weaponized since back in the days of, you know, uh, the civil rights movement. It's always been weaponized. But now that it's after you, you know, now you're, you know, you're going to do something about it. You're going to defund the FBI. Uh, You're calling for heads to roll. But you know what? They're right. The FBI has been weaponized. For, against political opponents. And everybody knows when the feds show up at your door, I can't even imagine what it feels like, even if you have nothing to hide, that the feds come in with 30, 31 people and they're turning your home upside down, confiscating God knows what. And 100 you're, more outside, don't forget. And there's lawyers that you can't, your lawyers can't even oversee or have didn't even get a copy of the warrant. What in the world is happening in America? Well, you're absolutely right. When your attorneys can't be present, and and let's face it, what what a what a circus! You know, normally if you're doing something right, you want to make sure that everything is followed by the letter of the law. Because what happens when you know if if I came to your house, Liz, and I just took a bunch of stuff, and you didn't know, and it wasn't cataloged, and and your attorneys weren't there to witness it, what could I put in that box? What could I add to that? So, I mean, that's not, that will never stick in court. I mean, if there was something, which I don't believe there was anything of any substance, I believe this was a message to conservatives that we will be, if we could do this to an ex-president, just think what we could do to you. And, you know, let's talk about 87,000 IRS agents that they want to put in play. Mm -hmm. I mean, I read an article that there's not 87,000. There's not 87,000 people working in the Pentagon. How about at the border? Where we really exactly. need Exactly. That was, that was my next point. And listen, I'm an accountant. I, I mean, I, in, in, when I was in public accounting, fresh and green out of college, I mean, I've seen, I mean, the IRS has always said it's, it's, it's a very scary organization because nobody really is, stands over it. Mm-hmm. And so when they come in, you know, you're kind of on your own. And so if you're, if you're wealthy and you have money, then you have accountants and you have tax attorneys and you have all these things that will come in and fight this battle for you. So today is no different than yesterday, whether there's 10 of them or 87,000. But imagine the middle class. And what are they looking for? I mean, you know, what are, that's where this focus is going to be. That's what people don't understand. The Democrats have that and said, we are for the working man. We are for the middle class. This tax hike hits the middle class. Uh, IRS agents are going to go after the middle class, right? Because that's who's going to be impacted the most when they can't afford to hire people to fight these fights for them. And, And so the rhetoric that they're saying, people have got to now open their eyes. The middle class that thought the Democrats were working for them, it is a farce. It is a fallacy. When you look at what we've done here in South Carolina, biggest tax cut, it's helping everybody. Biden, the the the, the left, and, and government has always said, well, we're going to protect you. Look at our gas prices. Who do you think that's hurting? 
No, I mean, the the amount that groceries have gone up, I mean, Nick, I don't know if you're a grocery shopper, but I am. I mean, Liz, I know you feel it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're you're buying food for yeah. your restaurant. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and it, it's not just food but there prices. Was, there's zero inflation. There's zero inflation. What? You didn't hear the president? We have zero inflation this month. Well, Liz, there, there and again, we are trying to redefine um, words, right? The, look, he was, they were trying to redefine recession. Right. You know, two quarters, two negative quarters in a row is a recession. And they're saying, well, that's not really the case. There's all these different things. You know, if we start redefining everything, then this world, you can make any, you can make things whatever you want. And that's what's scary. We have got to stick with the tried and true. We have got to stick with, you know, if we start redefining everything, what does history matter? Well, we're already seeing that, but like I'm talking history in the financial sense, right? Because we, We've come up with these definitions and terms to kind of gauge economy. Well, once we start rewriting everything, then all that data we've collected over years to kind of see what the systems are doing means nothing. How much is uh, how much fault are the Republicans, you know, with everything that's going on? I mean, I, here we have a the Biden administration. I mean, the fact that they were able to get this Inflation Reduction Act or this Climate Health Act that they now redefined because everybody is saying, most experts are saying that uh, it's not going to reduce inflation at all. But you you have the, the Biden administration just, you know, railroading all this stuff easily um, through Congress. And it's like, what what are we doing? It's, it's on the voters. It's on it's on the Republicans that are that are in Congress that are just kind of going along to get along. I don't even know. I don't even know whose fault this is. It's like the the America, it seems, is just getting we're getting assaulted on every angle here. Um, And and to undo all of this, you know, is going to be another three years away if we get back into the White House. I mean, I don't even know if if 2022 is going to help if we even win. Well, we have right now we have none of the levers, three levers at the federal government, right? We don't have the House. We don't have the Senate. We don't have the White House. I mean, we have to start gaining control. I say kudos to the senators, Republican senators banded together um, to fight this. But unfortunately, uh, we have a Democrat vice president who can be the tie-breaking vote, which gives uh, Schumer, God help us, um, a lot of control. But I I will say kudos for the first time in a long time, we have done with the Democrats and we've banded together. Mm -hmm. We need to see that in the house. We need to see, we need to hope that these elections, I, I, you know, if you look at all the people who voted to impeach Donald Trump, two have survived a primary, and Cheney is up next week. And mm-hmm. by all indications, she is not going to survive that. So, I mean, we have to hope that some of those Democrats are looking at that, that are in, you know, we worry about the purple parts of our state, right? Where, you know, you always hear people say, we got to worry about, you know, this area because it's more purple. Well, there is a lot more purple areas in blue states, especially now, because they're very small pockets. You saw that Ilium Omar, she like literally lost by like a couple thousand mm-hmm. votes. So, and that is where she has a stronghold. So you can yeah. see people feeling the effects of this. 
we got to hope the Republicans in the House stick together. I think you're going to see that here in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. You know, our people are going to stick with the Republican agenda. But you got to hope that they don't need many. They we, we really need to stick together, and a couple Democrats need to come over because they're sitting in purple districts that are looking more and more red, and they're not going to be able to vote for this kind of tax hike. Um, it's going to hurt business. It's going to hurt business. It's going to hurt people. And and I think they're seeing it. You know, America is starting to wake up slowly but surely. We saw it in Virginia. They had enough with failed Democrat policies. And let's, I mean, you know, I know I give updates and this is not a campaign thing, but, you know, we have a Democrat running for governor who would be more than happy to raise taxes, who would be more than happy. I mean, he literally went on the record to say that he was fine with abortion at 20 weeks. Hmm. First, he wanted Roe to stay the same. Now he wants it at 20 weeks. 20 weeks means that he doesn't care that for five of those weeks, because we know babies feel pain at 15 weeks, Mm -hmm. right? So for five weeks, he's fine torturing Mm -hmm. an innocent life inside the room. Mm. That's what we're dealing with, right? We have so many problems. He wants to legalize marijuana across the board. Huck was medical marijuana. We have have problems with um, fentanyl crossing our border, uh, this is not a legal drug at a federal level, so you have no idea what you're smoking. You have no idea what it's laced with. He mm-hmm. wants to just make that, let's just go full bore and make it legal. What other tr- problems is that going to descend on us? I mean, well, it's already wreaking havoc, ripping apart community, communities and families and the labor market and all of that. Uh, we're speaking with Lieutenant Governor Pamela Evett. I, I just wanted to talk about you were met, talking about, you know, Republicans doing their jobs and all that. Um, on Tuesday, there was the press conference held um, that the governor held with Senator Lindsey Graham about the Inflation Reduction Act. Was there conversation about um, is there anything the governor can do policy wise or the legislature can do to insulate us from what may come down through this uh, this act that they're they're about to pass? Well, you know, we're, we've been talking about it a lot. We think the federal government is on the wrong track. The American people believe the federal government is on the wrong track. We have cut, ta- you know, in, in comparison, Liz, we have cut taxes here in South Carolina. Um, you know, we have made sure that our veterans have zero state income tax on their veteran pensions. We continue to keep, you know, being fiscally responsible so that we're not going back to the taxpayer and saying we need more money. So we're going to continue to keep running our state fiscally conservative, keeping it fiscally strong, and we're going to keep fighting any kind of policies that we believe are an overreach, right? Like we know that Biden and this wants to put wind us, you know, wind turbines on mm-hmm. our coastline. He talked about it. Um, the governor will fight that just like he will fight any overreach that the federal government has. He he always has, whether it's on his own, whether it's with other governors, uh, whether it's with the attorney general. Right. But he will continue to fight federal overreach. And that's what we need. In these red states, we need to band together. I mean, with all the new money that came out, you know, your listeners, they really get it. You know, you don't get something for nothing. And now all that money, all that build back better money 
they're trying to put pieces of legislation around it that says you have to hire union workers for that Mm -hmm. or you can't get the money. Well, that's unfair trade practice. You can't go in and now, you know, basically eliminate a whole sector of business uh, and, and, and legislate it that way, right? Make it part of, you know, government policy. So I, I think those are the kind of things that we need in every state. First of all, we need to take back the House and Senate on a federal level. Absolutely. But we need more and more states to have good, strong Republican governors that will band together and fight it. Very little that a governor can do about what's happening on the federal side if they don't overreach into his state. But they can bring it to people's attention. I think the days of sitting by and hoping that people are figuring out on their own are long gone. You've seen governors do it. Our governor has done a great job of doing it. You see Governor Abbott. I just there's something that warms me inside, Liz, when I when I see the mayor of New York mm-hmm. crying on TV because. Governor Abbott is so cruel for sending yeah. people to New York, right? And then he says, I'm going to send door knockers to, uh, you know, to get, uh, my P- uh, what's his name? Buttigieg. Uh, not Buttigieg, uh, Beto elected. He said, I'm going <laughs> to send door knockers. Yeah, exactly. Good luck with coming and knocking on some random store <laughs> that exactly. had just about enough of this to talk uh, to them for Beto. Yeah. I wish he'd do it. To, I wish he'd send him to Chicago too. Because yeah. I, you know, you knew I was in Chicago a few weeks ago. It mm-hmm. re- literally broke my heart. I haven't been there since COVID. I mean, the amount of little kids that are panhandling on Michigan Avenue, really panhandling at the Bean, it reminded me of a third world country. You know, mm-hmm. they're they're coming. They're they're trying to get you to buy a candy bar or package. Mm. And they're running the money yeah. to an older person that's kind of lurking wow. in the shadows, that's sitting behind a tree. I mean. This is what's happening in Chicago now. You know what happens? It's it's like this incremental creep of this type of thing. And the people there, they're they're just accepting it because it's a little of this, a little of that. And I and I once talked to someone in Italy um, one time we were doing an interview and I said, hey, you know, I was there like, you know, 15 years ago and I saw all this graffiti um, on these like, you know, these ruins, you know, (laughs) they were ruining the ruins and and garbage, you know, all over the streets. And he goes, oh, yeah, it's still like that. And he says, but we have a beautiful. And I said, but how do you deal with that? Like, why aren't you demanding us? Well, we're used to it now. And I'm like, wow, that's what they want us to do. They want us to get used to it. So it's like having a frog, as they say, in a pot of water and they just doesn't realize it's boiling to death. Okay. Until it's too yeah. late. That's well, what's happening I, to us. I think that's right. That's just like when you get into a, a pool of cold water, right? You go in a little at a time because you start to become desensitized. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always been my fear as a mom when you see so much violence. And, you know, they wonder why there's so much violence. It's not guns that cause violence. It's the desensitizing of America when it's on, you know, we see it on the news and then we see it in every show. I mean, I think about I I was sitting with um, some friends a few weeks ago and we were talking about what we watched as kids. And like our kids love hearing like we really had like four channels Mm -hmm. and at midnight it went off like there was. There right. was nothing. The TV just, you know, you had this round circle kind of went off. But if we watch things like Happy Days and mm-hmm. Laverne and Shirley, and we watch Three's Company, and that was so edgy back then, remember? Oh, yeah. Um, but, but now you see murder, and you see rape on TV, and you see all these things, and it's in video games that 
when it happens, it doesn't it doesn't have the impact that it once did. Like I remember when Adam Walsh um, was kidnapped and killed. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole country stopped. Yeah, because we couldn't believe that some of that happened. But now it's become so commonplace that we all feel bad, and then we move on. Like it doesn't have the same impact because mm-hmm. we see it and hear it so much. The Democrats have been very calculated on that, creeping it in little by little. It was a long term plan, mm-hmm. and. And now we're dealing with the effects of it, and we have to. But, but it's never too late. It's never too late to take back our country, to take back our values, to stand up and say this is wrong. And we do it at the voting booth, Liz. But we got to make yeah. sure people get out to vote. You have got to vote. I mean, mm-hmm. you see these elections; people are winning them by you know a hundred votes, two hundred votes. You're part of that. Yeah, and. And when you don't go out and vote in the primaries, don't complain you don't like the candidate in the general election, so you're not going to vote in it. Absolutely. You have to get out in the primaries. You ha- when st- only 16% of South Carolinians come out to vote in the primaries, do not complain you don't like your candidate. Well, I'm hoping uh, 2022, uh, November, will be a big change, a big shift in change. And uh, still, you know, we're getting closer and closer to the election. We were expecting some big bomb to be dropped by the Democrats in September, October. We didn't know what it was. Uh, We thought maybe the raid would be it. Uh, Not sure now. You know, as this thing is fleshing out, we'll have to see how it, you know, they want, like uh, we were playing a clip from Glenn Beck. I mean, they want Trump in handcuffs. They want that on video. Um, Just having his home raided wasn't enough. And uh, they either want him in handcuffs or dead, basically. Those two things are the only two options the Democrats want. Well, it's horrible. It's it's horrible. But as Republicans, let's all stand together. Let's all get to the ballot box. We've seen it in Wisconsin right after this raid. I mean, they had record turnout at their primaries. We need to see record turnout for Republicans across the state, rural areas. The big cities can't combat all the rural areas yeah. if all those people get out and vote. Lieutenant Governor Pamela Evitt, thank you so much for joining us. And we'll talk to you again next week. Thank you, guys. Have a great weekend.